Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello, Soro. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Pretty good. Yeah, you know, just uh, (laughs) another day. How are you? (laughs) I'm all right. I'm pretty good today. It's been a bit of a roller coaster of emotion the past few weeks, though. Yeah. What's been happening? Oh, well, there's been some real highs. I had my birthday last week. Turns out I did. And I will say, I was, as an extreme extrovert, surprised by how lovely an isolation birthday was. It was like, you did say this, like, there's no pressure. It removes any stress from the day. Yeah. And I feel like people actually make more of an effort to. Get in touch. Oh my God, I felt so or special. Do something. Yeah, it was like, oh my God, I've actually spent this whole day like talking to people. Like before, you probably just went to work and, you know, went out at night or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was nice. Yeah, 100%. I felt like things kept arriving, like little treats. You delivered me a delicious lunch in person, which we ate at a social distance on my front lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really lovely. And like the weather's been really beautiful and autumnal and crisp and, you know, sunny, which has been really lovely. And my weekends have been quite like restorative, which normally my weekends are not. They're usually hungover and busy. But I just had. Like the other weekend on a Sunday, I'd been like pretty good. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job of keeping positive and like just focusing on the present. But I just like, it literally felt like I'd just taken a misstep and then just fell into an abyss of depression. Mm. (laughs) I think I just finally felt my feelings instead of ignoring my feelings. Yeah, um, I think that old Jasmine, you and I have talked about it as well. Like, there's nothing else really to distract yourself. So, when your feelings arrive, there's just like that's what's happening that day. <laughs> yeah. they just take over. You've got nothing else to pay attention to. And I just like got really cranky and angry because I had just started to get comfortable with making plans again. You know, like, oh, maybe in 12 months I'll move overseas. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll change careers. And then it was like, no, pandemic, stay in your house forever. (laughs) Anyway, I know I'm very privileged and very lucky and I do not take that for granted, but I just like felt like I spent three years living without being able to make future plans and I really just wanted to do it again. And now I can't. And I got really angry. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair enough. Even though I'm slightly pleased that you're potentially not moving to New York anymore. (laughs) I was looking forward to that that living vicariously through you. Well, we're masters of the remote record now, so it wouldn't have impacted the podcast. We could have just broadened our podcast horizons. It's like, it's okay. It's fine. The world will open itself up again one day. I'm sure there are lots of beautiful things in the future for us. I just got really cranky. And then now I'm fine again. Like it was just like a real, yeah, it was just sort of just acknowledging to everyone that it's okay that we're having these weird roller coasters. Yeah. Um, especially because a lot of the, the like Instagram content, even now, even in a pandemic, you can get this sense of like, oh God, should I be doing watercolors? Should I be exercising five times a week in my sunroom? Oh, Am I not God. doing this pandemic right? Literally, Mostly I don't give a shit. Night, I but... just got into bed at 5.30 and ate a box of Maltesers. Like that's <laughs> what I did. And I didn't get out of bed. I think I was on TikTok. <laughs> 
I had and I had a box of Maltesers and I got into bed at 5.30 and I was like, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get out. <laughs> I just stayed there until like 10 o'clock when I shoveled a piece of leftover pizza madre into my face and then I got back into bed. I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, I'm not optimising my life right now. I am de-optimising heavily. Frankly, the box of Maltesers sounds like optimising to me. That's delicious and now I want Maltesers. I, I love no Maltesers. Maltesers. I haven't had them in so long. Yes. I was like at the petrol station and my petrol only cost $30 so I had a bit of money left over. <laughs> I was like, you know what I need? Treat little box. Amazing. Apart from your box of Maltesers, how have you been going? I mean, I definitely empathise about making plans, like not being able to make plans. That that's really hard, especially because you've been in such a pattern of that for ages, took completely out of your control, which absolutely yep. sucks. And I think, I think one thing that helps me in these situations, and obviously I haven't gone through what you have, but it's trying to make kind of micro plans like little plans that you gradually increase to become like a little bit more bigger and a little bit more challenging like things that we can control actually really help like maybe you can't control whether you can move overseas or not but you can potentially plan like a weekend away with someone or a group of friends or something like that in a not so foreseeable future or like maybe it's a different kind of personal project like trying to convince you to write your book <laughs> and um putting my brain wasn't goo <laughs> yeah I just feel like control these things maybe a bit more and I don't know maybe that would help but definitely I think that's true it's definitely little things like the fact that we're allowed to have two people in our houses now sorry to everyone not in New South Wales who doesn't get to do that but my sisters came over for my birthday dinner and that was really fun and I'm excited about eventually having like four people for a dinner party one day. Love it's it. going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> what have you been eating? Tell me, tell me, tell me. All right. Well, it's officially gotten started to get cold in Sydney. I won't have anyone giving a shit about us saying it gets cold in Sydney because and it's never that cold compared to overseas because once it gets below 20 degrees Celsius, our houses also get below 20 degrees Celsius. So you start wanting comforting autumnal, wintry kind of food. The recipe I cooked yesterday was the Tipo Double Zero Bolognese recipe that's in Gourmet Traveler. Now, Yum. does this does this go against all my I like to eat don't like to eat that much meat comments that I've made in the last twelve months? Yes, yes, I mean, it you does. Did roast the whole pork belly the other weekend, so I think we're all we're all <laughs> there. With you I know all my morals and ethics just gone like out the window. I mean, I do eat a lot of like hummus and carrot sticks to balance it out, but you know what? I just wanted to spend three hours pottering about in my kitchen, just like chopping and sauteing and simmering and it was the exact kind of project cooking that I've just not had much desire to do in the last sort of two weeks but then because it got cold I just was like that's what I wanted to do I want to get in the kitchen and so I did the the tipo owo bolognese which is like a mix of pork and beef pretty classic um they do put like a spice bag in which I kind of vaguely approximated and then they have like a cinnamon stick in there and then when mm. I tasted halfway through I was like I think that's enough cinnamon so I just like threw it out <laughs> so I kind of Good. I was like mm, that's enough but then at the end I also added a splash of milk 
which they don't have in their recipe, but which is pretty classic for a lot of other bolognese recipes. And then I also added in wild card ingredients, a little bit of fish sauce and soy sauce oh, yeah. uh, to season at the end, which is um, something I saw on Mitch Orr's Instagram kind of like tutorial. And then I added a little bit of sherry vinegar because sometimes you just need that like little acidic hit Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fucking delicious. And I had it with rigatoni and I had a little bit of ricotta leftover. So just dolloped that on as well, as long as the parmesan. And I'm going to turn the leftovers into lasagna tonight. Oh, yum. Yeah. So it was just like that very traditional classic. I'm going to spend a Sunday in the kitchen and then eat it on the couch with a movie and a glass of red wine. I'll tell you what movie it was later in the episode. It was just very comforting. Oh, delicious. You know, rigatoni is so my favorite shape at the moment. Yum, that sounds so good. (laughs) How many times can it say good? A million. I think my ultimate favorite is bucatini Mm -hmm. of all the noodles. But, you know, rigatoni, a close second. And frankly, I'm not going to be mad at any pasta, really. We're we're all friends. All pastas are our friends. (laughs) Truly, and our comrades in this time. (laughs) So what have you been eating this week? I actually did eat something healthy, just so it knows. Um, it's Great. not Maltesers in bed, but um, I made a really good, amazing recipe actually by our friend Harriet Davidson. So Harriet interned with me back in Gourmet Traveler days and has since gone on to be just absolutely fabulous. In Lady styling. of immaculate taste. Exactly. She's a stylist and when it's open, works on the floor at Benelong. Anyway, she has this stewed fruit recipe, which she's had on her Instagram for ages. I think it's her dad's, it's like a family recipe. And she always makes it. She always has a jar of it. She's constantly posting like very immaculate bowls of it on Mm -hmm. her Instagram. And I've wanted to make it for ages. And finally on the weekend I did because she published it on the In Bed Store Journal, which is such a beautiful journal. So many amazing contributors. There's lots of books on there, movies, really excellent interiors, porn of people's houses all across the world, um, and really good recipes. Truly. So, yeah, it's like worthy. Um, so the recipe is pretty simple. There's a lot of chopping, but once you've done that, it's it's like you don't even actually do anything except for turn it on. So it's like five Granny Smith apples, so super crisp and tart. You just mm-hmm. chop those up and peel them. It's a bunch of rhubarb. We had some really, really great rhubarb from Moon Acres to use up, so it was perfect for that. And then a cup of dates, a cup of prunes, and a dried, like a cup of dried fruit. Uh, she recommends apricot, but I just found dried peaches, so I used that. But I think any like dried, nice dried fruit would work really well. And a little aromatic like cinnamon. I always use star anise when I'm roasting or poaching fruit because I just love that's super it's fragrant delicious yeah yeah flavor it's so good chop all that up you put it on the stove in a big pot with like half filled up with water put the lid on let it come to the boil and then you basically just turn it off and leave it like with the lid on oh. and it just soaks up all this liquid and the fruit just becomes velvety and sticky and unctuous this like super sexy silky fruit (laughs) it's so delicious like I love 
prunes and like really, I don't know, like kind of like sweet dried fruit. And they just get so silken and like plump and fat with the stewing liquid that when you put it on your cereal, I just have it with, Harriet eats a lot of porridge with this, which is delicious, but I really like a crunchy granola and just a natural Greek yogurt with it. Cause it is quite sweet from the dates, but it's so good. Like it's honestly, it's really rich. It's almost dessert. Like, like I think if you served it with ice cream and it was warm, it would be this really comforting dessert. And it makes so much. Like I've been eating this. <laughs> I actually made it last weekend, not this weekend, and it's still going. Like I, I left a massive tub for my mom, and I have so much left. So you could easily halve the recipe, but I, you don't need to because it's so yum. You just want to keep digging into it. So thanks for that, Harriet. This is a whole new world for me. It's not something – because I'm really not much of a breakfast person, um, but this does sound intriguing. Consider me intrigued. I may (laughs) consider – adding breakfast into my rotation (laughs) well you've been posting some toast lately so I feel like you're on the nice edge don't get ahead of yourself I'm going to talk about my toast later in this episode (laughs) but yeah I'm 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 on the tipping point it's almost like spending so much time at home and not having to commute means I have more time for breakfast in the morning I'll just always pick an extra 20 minutes in bed you know like that's what yeah. I'll always prefer. Do both. That's what I'm doing now. <laughs> the extra 20 minutes and a really long, slow breakfast. <laughs> How am I going to go back to normal life? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you will. I just don't think you will. <laughs> what have we been reading, watching, or listening to? Oh, left field recommendation for me this week. Got a podcast to recommend. Um, if you guys have listened to all of our back episodes, something new for you. And it's actually a brand new podcast. It's just got one episode out. It's called the Scaredy Cats Horror Show. <laughs> oh, sorry, it just makes me laugh that name. Um, <laughs> don't know why. It just does. But it is by the guys behind Reply All, uh, Alex and PJ. And that's oh, one of yeah. my favorite podcasts. Podcast. I just find the two of them really funny and charming. And I'll be honest, I totally have a crush on PJ. Weird, anxious men are my thing. Yeah. Uh, so the basic premise of this is that Alex, one of the hosts, is a big fan of horror movies. Like he will put one on to watch before bed to like chill out and fall asleep, which is insane to me. Um, but PJ, his co-host, is terrified of horror movies. Like super anxious, hates them, can't watch them, which is literally where I'm at in terms of horror movies. Um, But then he also gets really curious because there's some movies that are like horror that have sort of entered the mainstream conversation lately. So like Midsummer, Get Out, um, Hereditary, where people are like, they're so scary, but they're so good. And he just gets really frustrated that he can't partake in the conversation, which... So it's like a review of it or what are they No. So the premise is it's like a training program to get PJ to be able to watch horror movies. <laughs> oh my god. So it's basically every week Alex is going to give him a horror movie to watch and then he has to watch it and then they discuss it and they're slowly going to increase in scariness each week. So it's like a boot camp to learn how to like horror movies. So like it's the like putting the frog in cold water and then turning the heat up slowly. <laughs> the one thing is, is like the first movie they've started with is The Exorcist, which oh. seems way too extreme to it's me. Kind of like, it's kind of like a parody now, right? Like it's it's so old and like well, like 
defunct. You'd say that, but apparently it's still really scary. Like, one of my friends when I was talking about this was like, why the fuck did they start with The Exorcist? Like, that is a scary one to start with. (laughs) Who knows? Um, So I'm definitely a PJ in this situation. I hate scary movies. I literally, it's the soundtrack is part of it. I'll literally sit there with my fingers in my ears and, like, my face behind my knees and, like, look around my knees and then look back but then I also get really intrigued when these sort of big movies get discussed like hereditary so many people I know were raving about it and midsummer and get out like I haven't even watched stranger things because I was worried it would scare me oh my god that's not scary I've heard mixed I've heard mixed reports some people like not at all and then the people who know me are like "Mm, it might be too much for you (laughs) but anyway so this is the scaredy cats horror show I really enjoyed it. It's very funny. They have like a guest on it who just mocks PJ the whole time and just they talk about the movie. I really enjoyed it. So subscribe to that one. What have you been reading or watching or listening to? Well, I was hesitant to talk about this because it feels like everybody's talking about it, but whatever. Eh. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I binged normal people on Stan like the rest of the world in yep. two days flat or wow. 12 episodes. And I just loved it. Like I loved it. I was so sucked in. It was so torturously frustrating exactly. um, yep. and beautiful and complex and slowly unraveling. I wasn't the biggest fan of, of normal people's as, as a book. I love Fair. conversations with friends. I thought that I'm was with a you. book. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. I, I just found the ending. I was like, I can't fucking deal with that ending. Like, it's too boring. <laughs> it's too annoying. Like, it was so frustrating. And, you know, sorry if there are spoilers in this. I probably should um, put a caveat there that there might be spoilers. But, um, yeah, I just, like, screamed internally the whole way through the book because it was so just... they just can't communicate these two people um and I found the ending of the show to be a lot more palatable and have a lot more hope in it than than the book did and Mm. I don't know if that was I mean I'm sure it was a conscious decision um but yeah I've like watched every interview between the actors I followed them both on Instagram I've read every single article that there is to read about it like I have woven this show deeply into my life now and it's here to stay they are both so hot i know i know so hot so hot and um so hot so hot yeah i really liked how daisy edgar jones the actress who plays marianne commented in a in an interview that i watched that it really gives credit to young people and teenagers and their feelings that these feelings are complex and real i think a lot of people dismiss teenagers like oh it's puppy love whatever it'll pass like you know don't take it so seriously but this show and and Sally Rooney has commented this before that these feelings are real and they have lasting effects and connections that you make in early life can really stay with you forever for years and so I think she really pays due to that even just when you think about like the dynamics that you set up in those early and first relationships, especially if it's your first love or your first long-term relationship, like they sort of set the foundation for a lot of relationships that you'll have in the future. Like if you have a, a good 
I don't know, this may be getting too therapy talk, but I, I think we, yeah, we often discount those experiences or those feelings, but they're so foundational and they're so, even if that person leaves your life, the experience you have with them on some level shapes so much of what you kind of go on to experience or the prism through which you interpret things in the future. And I think that's something normal people, even the book, even if I had frustrations with it, definitely captured the way in which you, which you kind of develop as a person when you are in those relationships because you're so young and you're still figuring out how the world works. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of makes you think back, I don't know if this happened to you, but on past relationships and like what the dynamic was between me and them like what conversations we had and like what Mm. how deep some things were and how shallow other things were and I don't know just especially those people that have come in and out of your life a lot that you met quite early well I haven't finished the series so I watched two episodes and then I will will say that the the two key themes I felt for the normal people tv show is that it's very sad and very horny Um, just a lot of sex, a lot of longing glances and like, I don't know, like gasps and like, I mean, the sex scenes are hot. I won't lie. Um, but I just felt like after two episodes, I was like, oh my God, so many feelings. I just needed to take a break. So I'm, I'm going to watch a couple now. I actually wouldn't have minded if it was one that had come out like each week. I think I would have enjoyed watching it in that way. I know you can just do that yourself. A bit thick, like I... I like binged it. I didn't want it to end and I've like stuffed myself full of it. But it's okay. They're still doing IGTV lives and they're doing like heaps more stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> now I sound like really weird and desperate. But whatever. Right. Bye. What have we been buying in our station? Well, station. What have we been buying? Look, last time we spoke I was like what are you talking about I'm still buying things like clothes but that stopped I haven't you know I just delete the emails with all of the bargains that come in now I don't need anything else I look at my shoes now and I'm like what are you for (laughs) what world did I live in um but I have purchased some Antica formula vermouth because drinking continues apace in the, this pandemic. <laughs> oh, you watched the Stanley Tucci videos, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. I will not lie. I find Stanley Tucci very attractive. Um, I don't shake my Negronis because, I'm sorry, Stanley Tucci, that is incorrect, but I enjoyed watching him shake a cocktail, I won't lie. Uh, but honestly, I've been meaning to buy it for ages. It's one of those things. I have. I had the gin, I have Campari, I've got other kind of digestives and Amaros that you can use in Negronis, and I was like, I should just go and buy the vermouth, and I just like never did it. And then I watched that video, and I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time. We're at home. I want a Negroni. I'm going to go and buy it. I just like walked to my local Dan Murphy's and got a bottle of this. So the one I got is the one that he had in the video. So the Antica formula, it is a sweet red vermouth. Um, I was doing a little bit of research into it because other than the fact that um, it's good for Negronis, I didn't know much about it, but apparently the recipe hasn't changed since 1786 and it is top secret only three people alive know the formula. Wow. Yeah. So like they obviously make it in quite big batches, but there's only three people who know the full recipe of it, which is crazy. But apparently they like fly in saffron from Iran and vanilla from Madagascar. So like, look, the carbon footprint, not great (laughs) for this vermouth. 
I've got it shipped from Italy to here, but um, it's in like a really great, like huge old fashioned bottle and you have to like peel off the label. Anyway, it's delicious. Um, I have been using it in Negronis, which is uh, very dangerous because uh, they're very strong and apparently hangovers still happen in pandemics, which I learned the hard way. Um, It feels like they shouldn't. It feels like we should just get freebies, but no, Negronis at home will fuck you up (laughs) Um, just straight up fuck you up there's no one to cut you off but you can also obviously use it in manhattans i actually think it would be nice with a little bit of soda and some bitters um or you could just i've read that you can just have it over ice straight up i haven't tried that yet but i can imagine it would be yeah nice as like a little vermouth little amaro or a digestive so that's just a just another vote for this vermouth if you've seen this Stanley Tucci video and gone, should I buy it? Yes, buy it. Do not shake it when you make a Negroni, though. Just stir. The shaking yeah. is unnecessary. I think you're, the whole world is in consensus with that, except Stanley. It's like, no, no, do not do not bruise your spirit. <laughs> do not ruin it. Yeah, no. So stir it, but definitely purchase it. What have you purchased this week? Um, so this wasn't really a purchase, but I hired this thing. Um, because we are moving house, which, yeah, so currently my house looks like a hoarder lives here. Um, (laughs) just stuff everywhere. It's very, very disconcerting. But this great company, which my friend Nico recommended, is called Koala Box. And instead of all those awful cardboard boxes that you have to put together yourself and then you have to somehow dispose of at the end of your move, This is a great company because they drop off to you these plastic stackable tubs. They add in all the labels. They give you a Sharpie. They give you everything. You can add in like paper to wrap stuff. You can add bubble wrap. Each stack of boxes comes with a dolly so you can wheel them around really easily. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, so you choose like how many you want. So if you have a one bedroom, two bedroom or whatever, there's different formulas of how many boxes they'll give you. And then you choose the time limit. So you can do it like one week or two weeks, depending on how long it'll take you to pack and unpack, depending on how lazy or busy you are, which for me is two weeks. So <laughs> you're like <laughs> any shorter than that is just flipping it. Oh, um, but man. So good to give you a time frame because I definitely still have at least one full box sitting under my desk that has been there for four years. (laughs) Sophie, four years it's been there. Exactly. So this is great to have a time limit. No excuse. So they drop all the boxes off like on the designated date. You pack all your stuff and then you move them. So you move them Mm -hmm. with all your furniture in your moving van and then they come pick them up. So it's awesome. You don't have to deal with any of that cardboard. They're like waterproof. If you have moved in the rain before, you will much appreciate that, which I have. It's a nightmare. They are actually like, they're really, really sturdy and thick. So none of your stuff gets warped or banged or anything. They're really protected inside these boxes. And 1% of all sales go to Koala Habitat Restoration Projects. Oh, that's so good. I know. I feel like 1% is a bit stingy, but I guess it's better than nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Add a zero to that. One zero. I mean, come on. But still, I mean, better than the cardboard that's probably made from Koala Habitat. True. Exactly. (laughs) So it's a really cool company and they were really friendly. It was really easy to do all online. You like choose all your add-ons and all stuff like that. And God, it's made life seriously a lot easier. So I really recommend it. Koalabox.com.au. If you have to move during a global pandemic, 
This is what you should use. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. They say that moving house is like one of the most stressful experiences in your life after like divorce and the death of a loved one. So really fun to pick at a really stressful time to do that. Well done. Well, actually, it's a great distraction because I'm like oh, focused on something and I have something to do like in my free time. I have to pack up all my stuff and mm. I'm I'm like a big chucker outer. <laughs> like I I hate stuff around me so I actually love just culling and like donating stuff and just like pairing everything back so I've actually almost wanted just to move house in order to just do that <laughs> so um, <laughs> this has been a good time for me oh yeah I love it to start with and then I reach decision fatigue where it's just too hard to figure out what to keep or throw and I just keep all sorts of shit and throw stuff I shouldn't and it just gets into a mess so I'm glad you're enjoying it I'm very happy for you all right what's the time for it is time for the fast five. Fast five. five. I'm doing a dance move at my desk. You can't see me, but I hope you can visualize it. Okay, you definitely can. <laughs> You're going to go first. What's first up? All right. My first one, full disclosure, my sister works here, but it's delicious, so I don't care. It is the Lankin Filling Station Fermented Chili Sauce and their Sini Sambal. So obviously restaurants are all kind of pivoting really quick to provide you know, new things because they can't do dine-in. Um, so they're doing takeaway, but they've also opened up a shop. And the shop is like secretly, I think, the best part because you can buy all their samples and sauces and curry pastes and you can buy freezer packs of things um, to take away and it's awesome. But my true loves are the fermented chili sauce, like I said, um, and their sini sambal, which is like an onion-based sambal which the real winner here is to add them to like a toasted sandwich with like a milky mozzarella or scamorza. Oh, so good. Like the combination of the two, the chili, the funky chili, the sweetness of the sini sambal and then the cheese, crunchy, cheesy, spicy, delicious. <laughs> so that is from Lankin Filling Station. I think it's only pickup. I've had my sister did a little drop-off for me, which is really nice. Um, I think they're looking into delivery. You can order it on Bopple, which is an app a lot of sort of Sydney restaurants have been using. Mm-hmm. Um, but so good. Yum. Oh, man, I just realized a lot of these are food-related. Well, look, it's my entire life now. My second one is Single Origin Coffee Parachutes. Yes. Oh my God. So this is yet another Anna Mansfeld recommendation. <laughs> Our good friend who basically I just steal all of her ideas. She's the voice behind me in this podcast. But this is my introduction to at-home filter coffee. They're little – you've tried them before, haven't you, Soph, in Korea? I stole like 20 from the mini bar in Korea, yeah. Amazing. So they look almost like little tea bags, essentially. There's like the the body of it, which has the coffee in there, the coffee grounds in there. And then there's little wings you kind of pop out and put over the mug, which opens up the little packet that the coffee's in. And then you pour just boiled water over it. And there's like a process. You do it, fill it up three times and let it drain. But then you get this beautiful cup of filter coffee and they've, Single Origin, have filled it with their one of their Single Origin beans. So it's delicious. And it's so fun. So good. And it's all made from paper. So Yeah, it's it's awesome. And I'm normally like a flat white girl, but this has been a really nice way to kind of try out something 
that's sort of a different type of coffee. I have one this afternoon. I don't normally drink coffee in the afternoon. Let's see how I go tonight at 12 o'clock when I'm lying in bed not being able to sleep, but I just really wanted to try it as soon as it got delivered. They're good too because um, they're single serves. Like normally, like we have a pour over at home, but it makes a whole jug and mm-hmm. like you don't want to drink that much coffee. <laughs> so No, not when it's just me as well. They're really so. good to take to work and keep in your desk drawer. Good to know. Well, when I one day leave my house again, I will get some more of them. (laughs) Okay, number three. This is the movie I watched on my couch last night after making bolognese, and it was very appropriate because I finally watched The Godfather. Oh, classic. Oh, my God. It was really good. I didn't know that it was really good. I mean, everyone knew it was really good, but I feel like... I'd been put off previously because I think some like really pompous, annoying dudes had like talked about how great it was and talked over me and been annoying. And I just assumed it probably wasn't that good because they were really annoying. Also like crime family drama doesn't really sound like something that would interest me. Like, you know, it's just not really in my interests, but turns out it's a masterpiece and I loved it. And I didn't Google, I didn't Google the plot and it was three hours and I didn't look at my phone and it has Diane Keaton in it, which I kind of knew, but forgot. And even though there were some scenes that were a little bit like gory, it wasn't too bad. Like I'm very squeamish, but totally handled it. And now I'm going to watch The Godfather Part 2 next weekend. Can't wait. Whoa, really excited. Great. You've got so much to look yeah. to with this series. <laughs> I know. Well, I've heard the second is the best, and I really enjoyed the first one, so I'm looking forward to see how the second one could be better. Uh, apparently the third one, not so good, but we'll see. Enjoying them so far. So that was, you know, sometimes it's nice to find out that everyone was right about this thing <laughs> that you've ignored for your entire life. Number four is... The birthday present you bought for me, which is Small's Deli's Nectarine Jam. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel really bad about you doing this because I feel like that was the last jar. (laughs) (gasps) Well, how about I just say Nectarine Jam in general? They have other jams. Nectarine Jam generally, if you ever find it, eat it. And also Small's Deli sells other jams. Anyway, eat this jam. So delicious. I've been having it on sourdough with lots of butter. I had it with my Iggy's croissants on the weekend. I've had it on yogurt as dessert. Um, And then I also quite enjoy adding, because I'm me and a total predictable wanker, a little sprinkle of sea salt and some Aleppo pepper because I think the like fruity chilliness goes nicely with it. Uh, But it's delicious, turning me into a breakfast person. Who knew that could happen? I should have got a job for myself. Now I really regret that. Yeah. Yeah, you really should have. It was delicious. But you've got your stewed fruit, so you're fine. True. Um, And then my last one is a silly one, but it is an Instagram account called Nadine Jane underscore astrology. It is my favorite horoscope content on Instagram that isn't just stupid memes. She does the horoscopes for Rush magazine. So my friends and I have a tradition on New Year's Eve of reading our like year to come horoscopes from the magazine because we really love them. Um, She just writes really, she writes really beautifully. Obviously she didn't predict the global pandemic, so I don't know how much we can really take from (laughs) 2020's year to come, but I really love them. And she does really beautiful imagery. It's very, like, tastefully done. It's, look, is it horoscopes and therefore quite silly? Sure, but I just don't care. So that's my final five. Nice. Okay, what is your fast five? 
Okay, so my first one is a really amazing shop and Instagram account that I haven't bought anything from, but I just spend <laughs> ages ogling at. It's called CCSM, and it's a Melbourne-based website which sources really incredible vintage, mid-century, and modern furniture as well as like little homewares. The lamp section is a real standout. <laughs> I've been on this like mad hatter hunt for this really obscure lamp that's like a 1970s mushroom lamp I saw it on the in bed store journal and I'm like obsessed and I cannot find one anywhere that isn't three thousand dollars um they don't have one I'm still on the hunt but they have very similar ones and yeah the store is great I think it's it's actually really well priced like a lot of this stuff like mid-century um vintage things are usually you know, you're going to spend $3,000 on like an armchair. But mm. here, it's actually really well priced. Like a lamp is only a couple of hundred dollars. So it's not, look, it's not cheap, but it's not outrageously expensive like everything else. <laughs> yes, I would say that is a correct assessment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I think just moving into a new place, I, I want to invest in more interesting non-IKEA pieces that I hope will last the test of time um in our place and yeah they ship all around australia they they kind of sell via instagram but also via their their online store so yeah definitely check them out uh the number two is oh my god the best dinner dish so it's a dal um a red lentil dal which is like a delicious curry coconut vibe but this one is a recipe by Miro Miso which is a great Australian miso company and it's a red lentil and miso so dal good. with eggplant salad there's two aspects to why this is so awesome the first one is Yum. the miso in dal like never done that before and it just adds that extra layer of umami savoriness it's not super overpowering it just, yeah, adds a second note to it all as it simmers away. And the best part is this eggplant salad which you dollop on top. You slice up a bunch of eggplant and roast it just with oil and salt and pepper until it's all golden and completely soft. And then you squeeze a bunch of lemon over it um, and drizzle it with pomegranate molasses, which is just the most delicious ingredient. Yum. Yeah, and you toss Love it with coriander and you kind of put that to the side so it soaks up all those really awesome vinegary juices and once the dal is done you drop this eggplant salad on top and because the, the miso is kind of really quite rich in this coconut dal the eggplant because it's so acidic and like velvety is such a nice texture and um flavor balance it was so good so good i don't think i'm ever gonna have dal without this eggplant salad on top um and you just drizzle the whole thing in yogurt so yeah i'm gonna make that this week for sure so yum and i have so much left so it's great number three (laughs) is a present i've been buying a few friends for their birthday except you soro because i didn't think you needed any more booze um is jesus is this an intervention (laughs) (laughs) you've got enough wine wine. jam jam is more wholesome um so it's a range yeah, of serve bottled cocktails created by a really cool dude in drinks, Ed Loveday, who lives in Sydney. It's called Bottled. His name is Ed, so the Ed part of Bottled is in brackets, which I think is really smart too. <laughs> um, they're sold through drinks.com, but he has a martini and a groni, a grapefruit gimlet, which sounds so good, gin, grapefruit, and cardamom. 
yum. And they've got really great, simple packaging. He's got a great one called, I don't know what's going on, but it's a lot. (laughs) Basically (laughs) made for Instagram. Campari, it's got like a rose vermouth and marionette peach liqueur in it, which, yum, I want 10 of those leaves. Delicious. They're only 16 bucks. It's like a single serve. You just keep them in the freezer or the fridge and pour them into a glass and add a garnish. But really cool, really nice presents, especially because drinks delivers same day. So you can actually think about it, Mm. order it online on your phone, and it'll arrive within like an hour. (laughs) Like it's the easiest (laughs) process of all time. Sorry, that's only Very good if you're giving it as a present. Very bad if it's for you because they'll just keep arriving. (laughs) Bad or good, you decide. (laughs) Um, Okay, my fourth one is Airtasker. So I have been going ham on this. Like, I'm obsessed. Have you used it? I haven't, but I should because once I don't feel like I'm potentially endangering someone's life, I have some art I need hung. Well, it's just, it's so good for like tiny little jobs that I can't do myself. Yeah, like hanging stuff. We got this hole in our plaster, like, fixed, and the guy took 30 minutes. It was so easy. He just, like, ran in, did it, and ran out again. <laughs> the whole payment process is done through Airtasker, so they hold the money, and then you release it once the task is done, so there's no cash involved. And, you know, the if they don't do the task, then you don't have to pay. Like, it's not like Gumtree where you're constantly chasing people. Yeah, like, inquired with, like, plastering, painters, electricians, like, back in the day I got someone to design a presentation for me once because I was like struggling so hard with keynotes before we had like a designer and everything and I was like I just I just can't make this look good like I was on this massive deadline super stressed someone did it overnight for like a hundred dollars and it looked so much better it like saved my life yeah so I just really recommend it it's a really good platform it's really easy it's really fast and I just love it now I'm like what else can I get people to do around here um I have a friend who once she was really sick, she had a flu and then she opened her pantry and found out she had a pantry moth infestation, which is like hell if you're thinking that you're like already so sick and then you open and that's what you encounter in your pantry. And so she went on Airtasker and paid someone like, she was like, fuck it, I don't, I don't care how much this costs and paid someone like I think a hundred and something dollars to come in and just like go through her pantry, take everything out take out everything that was infested, throw it out, clean out the pantry, and she just, like, lay in bed so sick and was like, I'm so glad someone else is doing this. Yeah, that's the feeling. You're like, I'm so glad there's someone out there who can do this. (laughs) Like, I don't know, any random task. That's an awesome one. I want to get into Mm. that. Pantry cleaning is gross. Okay, and I got a last one here, which is a little bit silly, but I just got a little giggle out of it, and I thought (laughs) all of you would too. And I'm going to do our outro before I play this so I can just, like, let it speak for itself. But um, <laughs> it's the Hilo's mention of natural wine on their latest episode just made me really laugh. Um, so before I play that, I would like to remind you all to sign up to our newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com. If you want anything from this episode, all the links will be housed there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at highlyenthused. Email us highlyenthused at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week, cool cats and kittens. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. There have been quite a few pieces about the micro trends of lockdown. Have you seen any of these? No. Tell me, what are they? Okay, so according to Vox Media, they include Dalgona coffees, uh, yeah. baking bread. Yep, yeah, seen a lot of that. 
I yeah. definitely haven't done this one. I don't think you have natural wine. No. Why do you have to choose this time to drink natural wine? 